to the Red Light Report. Your number one source for all things red light therapy. Where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Red Light Report. Here we are, more or less in the middle of summer. I can't believe it's already the end of July. August is here. That's my birthday month. And I can't believe (laughs) it's already been another year. It's kind of crazy. But uh, regardless, hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's getting outside, enjoying their summertime, enjoying the sunlight. Just a couple of announcements here before we get started with today's solo sode. First off, if you guys were on social media the last week or so and, and you follow BioLite or my personal Instagram account, you'll notice that we announced that the Red Light Report has reached 50,000 downloads as of last week, which may not be a really big number, I mean, in the podcast world, but of course, Red Light Therapy is a very niche topic, so of course, it's not going to garner as much attention as um, topics like diet or weight loss or mental health per se, just these general topics that appeal to the masses. So while red light therapy is niche, you know, it's just a nice little milestone, 50,000. And this isn't a personal achievement by any means. To me, this kind of just represents the ever-increasing interest and excitement about red light therapy. Of course, ever since I started BioLite in 2019, just over these three and a half years or so, the interest and the the exposure the red light therapy has gotten to the general public has significantly increased. So I think that's part of it as well. And it kind of helps that the Red Light Report is virtually the only red light therapy podcast out there. But again, it's just a nice little milestone, 50,000 downloads. So I want to say personally, thank you to each and one of you who tune in and listen and support this podcast. Of course, I'm just passionate about getting the message out, informing, educating anyone and everyone that will listen to me about (laughs) red light therapy, because as as you all know, I'm just super excited and just about the many ways it can can improve health and wellness from a non-invasive, non-pharmacological, safe, effective, at home. Uh, The list goes on about the many positive characteristics of red light therapy. So again, thank you all for tuning in and uh, making this podcast what it is. Moving on to a couple of other items. BioLite will be releasing some new cutting-edge technology in the next month or so. So keep your eyes out for that. They're going to be products like you haven't seen on the red light therapy market. A couple of them are going to be tailored towards both pets and humans, but especially pets. And then one is going to be a new innovative full-body red light therapy device that I think is going to be a game changer. You guys are going to absolutely love it. So I'm really excited once all of that becomes official and and those products are released on pre-sale. And of course, I'll let you guys know through the podcast, through email, through social media. So you'll be sure to know when it happens. But just wanted to let you know here first that it's coming pretty darn soon. Thirdly here, I just want to remind everyone that BioLite is currently going through a round of fundraising on Republic, which is a crowdfunding platform. And the campaign is actually going to end August 7th. So at the time of this recording, when it's released, there's going to be just over a week, maybe a week and a half left in the campaign. And so if you want to invest in BioLite as a company, become a part owner, 
you have a chance to do that within the next week, week and a half, if you're listening when this podcast initially drops. And just a quick rundown of what investing in BioLite through Republic would mean. So BioLite has a valuation right now, meaning if you were to invest in this campaign before it ends, your investment will appreciate and grow as the valuation of BioLite grows. And whenever there's a selling event or an acquisition event of BioLite, then depending on how much it's appreciated from its current valuation to when that acquisition event occurs, your investment will appreciate that much. So just for ease of numbers, let's say the valuation of BioLite is is $10 million and you put in $1,000 right now to invest in, in BioLite. And then a year or two or three from now, BioLite sells for $100 million. So that means the valuation of the company has gone up 10x since you invested. That means your $1,000 investment would turn into $10,000 whenever that company was sold or whenever BioLite was sold for $100 million. So that's what you get when you invest in BioLite is your money is going to grow as the company grows and as red light therapy becomes more popular. And if you look at the numbers, just a light therapy market numbers, the light therapy market is expected to grow to over, I believe it's $1.4 billion by 2028 with the red light therapy space showing the most potential for growth. So I'm excited for BioLite to go through this journey the next handful of years as the light therapy space increases, the market increases, and I'm excited for BioLite to be a leader in this innovative cutting-edge technology space and BioLite being a leader specifically in red light therapy. So just wanted to drop that information. Again, you have about one to one and a half weeks if you want to invest and become a part owner in BioLite. And then lastly... This is going to kind of be a nice segue into this solo sode. I have <laughs> the past couple of months have been rather tumultuous and arduous as I have gone through the photobiomodulation research and otherwise to update the ebook. So you know that it's been in its third edition for quite some time. And while there's a lot of great information and a, and a solid amount of protocols, this updated fourth edition, which when this podcast is being released, the fourth edition may already be released or will soon be released within a handful of days, quite honestly. So the fourth edition is going to be released and it's going to have about twice as much information and at least twice as many protocols in that ebook. So if you're someone who's had the lifetime subscription, you're automatically going to be sent a download link where you'll be able to download the updated version right away. But of course, it'll also be available on BioLite.shop if you just want to purchase the ebook individually. And with this fourth edition, I'm also going to have a Kindle version, which you will be able to purchase on Amazon. So in the uh, podcast show notes here, I'll have a link to the ebook on the BioLite site. I don't think the Kindle version is going to be available at the time of this solo sode. But whenever I have my next solo sode, which we'll cover here in a second, I will give you the link to that Kindle version. And the Kindle version is going to be nice because you're going to be able to look at the table of contents and just push on the link and it'll take you directly to that part in the ebook. Whereas with the PDF version, you do have to do some scrolling uh, in order to get where you want to. But 
Either way, it's going to be chock full of information, and I think you guys are going to love it. The reason I bring up that ebook is because just like we did with the third edition where I read through all of the information, I am going to read through the updated information in this fourth ebook. So it's going to be similar, and we're not going to really cover the same information because I'm only going to read to you in these solo sodes that I'll intersperse between interviews on this podcast. We'll read through the new information I've added. So again, it's going to be kind of like an audiobook of sorts, but you'll be able to digest and listen to and learn all the new information that I've added to the fourth edition of the ebook. So without further ado, let's jump into the fourth edition of the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook. Kind of a mouthful. Seems like I should <laughs> change the title or something, but hey, it fits the description. So, but let's start here in the initial stages of the book here under important considerations. And the first subtopic here is the strength of red light therapy device. It is important to understand that there are countless red light therapy devices on the market and thus a large variance in the light irradiance, which is the power of the light being emitted from the LEDs. So there's a large variance in the light irradiance from device to device. With that being said, you should understand that the protocols in this ebook are all developed with the light irradiance of BioLite products in mind. And this means that the protocols are tailored for red light therapy devices with a light irradiance of about 110 milliwatts per centimeter squared to 130. Quite honestly, a majority of the higher quality red light therapy products are going to fall within that range anywhere. Some are slightly higher at 140 or 150. And so you just have to adjust accordingly. If it's on the lower side, increase the dosage slightly. If your device is on the higher side, then just reduce the dosage slightly. You'll still be able to utilize this ebook even if you don't have a BioLite device, just adjust accordingly. And if we look at the next subtopic, which is the timing of treatments, because I get this question a lot. Another common question I receive is, what is the best time of day to do red light therapy for best results? And there are a couple of answers to that question. My first answer is to do with red light therapy is to do it whenever it is the most convenient for your lifestyle and schedule. Attempting to earmark a specific time of the day to do red light therapy treatments may not be conducive to your circumstances and could lead to carrying out red light therapy treatments inconsistently compared to being more flexible with the timing of your treatments. So my point being, do it when you can. Don't worry about it necessarily being the exact certain time of the day because I'd rather you do the red light therapy treatments consistently versus feeling like you missed out so you can't do it on a particular day. However, there is a caveat to the above answer. Recent photobiomodulation research on eye health has demonstrated that doing one red light therapy treatment in the morning specifically led to significant improvements in visual and color acuity for an entire week, just that one treatment. However, when that exact same treatment was carried out, but in the afternoon, the treatment yielded zero eye health benefits. So the researchers from this study purported that based on that research, mitochondria may work in shifts, meaning they respond to stimuli during certain parts of the days and are unresponsive to stimuli during other parts of the day. So again, in this particular incident, doing red light therapy in the morning to your eyes led to amazing results. Doing it in the afternoon with the exact same treatment paradigm led to zero results. 
So that may lead us to believe that there may be a schedule. And of course, this depends, goes from tissue to tissue, organ to organ, uh, relative to the mitochondria. We may find that there is actual timing that does matter. For right now, this piece of eye health research shows that you must do it in the morning. If you're doing circadian treatments, then you may want to do it when the sun rises and the sun sets. But let's move forward here in the ebook. Now, keep in mind, this timing phenomenon likely varies depending on the cell, tissue, organ, etc. that the mitochondria reside in. Thus, not all red light therapy treatments will only work in the morning and not work in the afternoon. That is only true for this specific research mentioned above on eye health. I believe that as more and more photobiomodulation research comes out, we will get a more defined understanding of which health conditions respond best during particular times of the day, again, based on when the mitochondria in those specific cells are most responsive. Of course, I will update the protocols in this ebook to reflect these newfound variables. Lastly, like I mentioned earlier, if you are utilizing red light therapy specifically to optimize your circadian rhythm, it seems best to do red light therapy treatments around the same time that the sun is rising and setting wherever you live. Of course, this timing will change depending on the time of year. With the sun rising and setting later right now during summer versus much later and much earlier during the winter months if you're in the northern hemisphere. Next subtopic, treating multiple areas in the same day. The general rule of thumb is that as long as the treatments do not overlap on the same part of the body, then you can certainly do multiple treatments per day. For example, you could treat your face for an anti-aging skin treatment, your thyroid, and your shoulder pain all in the same day since they are all separate body parts. But you would not want to necessarily treat your hair, your face for skin, and your brain all in the same day as all of those treatments overlap with each other and you could run the risk of having your daily dosage of light energy too high and thus may not attain the results you're striving for. Again, there's probably going to be no negative side effects, but the negative side effect would be that you're not going to get the results you're looking for. So in this instance, you would want to alternate the days in which you carry out these treatments. You might want to do hair one day, face the next day, and the brain the third day. And you could repeat this cycle perpetually, provided you are achieving your desired results. The next subtopic is treating infants, kids, and pets. For quite some time, I was under the impression that you wanted to tailor the dosage of your red light therapy treatment to the size of the body being treated. For example, an infant-sized body versus a teenager versus an adult versus a small dog versus big dog, etc. However, after interviewing the highly respected photobiomodulation expert, Dr. Praveen Arani, which you guys heard a month or two ago, I learned that you use the same quote-unquote adult protocol for all body types and all body sizes. So ultimately, you are treating the mitochondria and the cells with red and near-infrared light, and those do not necessarily vary in size across the lifespan. Thus, based on Dr. Arani's in-depth knowledge on photobiomodulation research, until otherwise notified, all of the protocols provided in this ebook can be used for infants, kids, teenagers, adults, and pets alike. So that's a good bit of information to know. The protocols provided are ubiquitous, regardless of body size. And the last subtopic here, 
pregnant women. Currently, there is no data to verify one way or another as to whether red light therapy can be harmful for pregnant women. But consider that women are constantly being exposed to sunlight, which contains both red and near-infrared wavelengths, during pregnancy. So they're getting exposed to sunlight, which of course is natural, when they're pregnant. But due to the fact that these two wavelengths are being emitted in higher concentrated doses with red light therapy devices, there may be some unexpected effects. Uh, Some articles have pointed out that Relevant research suggests that using red light therapy on other parts of the body away from the belly or the womb is likely safe. But again, consult with a medical doctor for their professional opinion before administering red light therapy treatments. And I'll add on to that, which isn't in the ebook, I'll add on that currently there are no contraindications in the research. This includes cancer, this includes pregnant women. But of course, with that being said, There isn't research to definitively say what the effects would be if you were to irradiate your womb while carrying a child. So again, you don't necessarily want to risk it. We want to wait until there's some information or research that comes out. But again, red and near-infrared light is extremely safe. Be careful. And I don't think it's worth trialing on yourself when we don't know the exact response that would happen. Maybe you would end up with some sort of mega child or maybe you'd end up with some sort of human being that would live 200 years because they were irradiated with red and near-infrared light. But until we know that, (laughs) let's, let's not do that. It's been long overdue, but hopefully well worth the wait. That's right. The fourth edition of the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook has finally been released. It's up, it's live, it's on the BioLite website. And for those that aren't super familiar, the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook, it was designed by me specifically to help you enhance your experience and results with red light therapy by giving you specific treatment protocols that are based on the research so you can pick specific protocols based on your health and wellness goals. The previous edition, the third edition, was around 90-95 pages. This fourth edition is over 160 pages. There's been a ton of information, research, and protocols added. For example, I've added entire sections on cancer, gut health, stem cells. A vast majority of the sections were updated with research. For example, there's several in anxiety, depression, bone and joint, brain health, eye health, gut health, nerve injury, and there's a couple in sleep. And I've added an entire woman's health cycle optimization protocol that Kayla Osterhoff recommended I put together. So I did. So the PDF ebook is available on the BioLite website right now, and there will be a Kindle version very soon. And if you're listening to this sometime in early August, it's probably already released by now. But for you guys, for my loyal Red Light Report listeners, I'm giving you guys a 15% discount on the ebook or the lifetime subscription if you don't have that already. Coupon code ebook4, the number four, at checkout to get your 15% off. Again, that's ebook four at checkout, the number four. 15% off the ebook, 15% off the lifetime subscription. I hope you guys find this new version even more informational, educational, applicable, and leads to more effective results for your red light therapy treatments. So I genuinely hope you enjoy this fourth edition of the ebook. Again, it's safe to expose red light therapy to other parts of your body, but just not directly the womb. And that wraps up the important considerations that I've added. I'll also note that in this fourth edition of the ebook, for the protocols, as you know, I outline a frequency, meaning how many times per week, 
I outline a treatment time, so how many minutes, at what distance from the panel, and then I provide which light or lights you should use, whether it's red and or near infrared. Another variable I've added to all protocols is a target, meaning like target tissue, so that the person utilizing the protocol knows exactly where the light should go because it was a poor assumption on my part that people would know where to direct the light. So I've gone ahead and added the target for each protocol. For example, athletic performance, you would do it three to seven times a week or whenever you're exercising, do it two to seven minutes at six inches away. You'd utilize red and near infrared light and the target would be muscles that will be most stressed during exercise. So again, for all protocols, the target has been added. Moving on now to the health and wellness sections, if you will. And we'll start off with the first section, which is anxiety, depress, and stress. And what you'll notice if if you have the third protocol ebook or you listen to the previous solo sodes where we went through the third edition of the protocol ebook, some of the sections have been renamed and even switched completely. For example, I used to have brain and nerve health under one section but it became obvious that I was going to have to break those off into two parts because under brain, we have stuff like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, TBIs, autism, concussions, whereas nerve injuries, we could separate into like peripheral nerve injuries, spinal cord injuries, and stuff like that. So they're two completely different sections. And so similarly, this section used to be called anxiety and depression, but I've added stress as well because it's, it's similar but different, but they all fall under the same umbrella. So this first section, again, anxiety, depression, and stress. And information I've added is that within the several accredited theories as to the pathophysiology of anxiety and depression, I've added mitochondrial dysfunction. You may remember there's also neurotransmitter imbalance, decreased cerebral blood flow, decreased energy, oxidative stress, neuroinflammation, and impaired neurogenesis. So the information regarding mitochondrial dysfunction is that it contributes to the development of depression and anxiety by impairing neurogenesis, neuronal transmission, and synaptic plasticity necessary for successful adaptation to stressful conditions. Therefore, approaches targeting mitochondrial dysfunction may represent a potential avenue for preventing depression, and anxiety. If we go down to the subtopic of impaired neurogenesis, which again is the ability to regenerate and or grow nerves or neurons, leads to reduced growth factor such as nerve growth factor and brain-derived neurotrophic factor, I've added some relevant information about BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Uh, BDNF, widely distributed neurotrophin in the brain, promotes neuronal migration, axonal repair, and synaptic plasticity. And cerebral BDNF levels affect emotional state so that any reduction of its levels may result in the development of anxiety and depression signs. So now that we know BDNF plays a pretty big role in anxiety, stress, depression. Also, anxiety and depression have been recognized as early endophenotypes in Alzheimer's disease occurring before learning and memory decline. As one of the most prevalent mental illnesses, depression is highly prevalent in patients with severe cognitive deficits. Studies suggested that depression is a risk factor for Alzheimer's disease, and some of the pathophysiological mechanisms have overlap between Alzheimer's disease and depression. 
And the take-home point is that individuals with depression or depressive symptoms present with a greater than two-fold risk of dementia. That's huge. I'll say that again. Individuals with depression or depressive symptoms present a greater than two-fold risk of dementia. That means if we're able to reduce someone's depression or depressive symptoms with red light therapy, specifically near infrared to get through the skull to the brain, we have a chance to significantly decrease their chance or the risk of getting dementia. So that's the power of red light therapy. That's the power of getting rid of someone's depressive symptoms and improving their mood. It's massive just from that standpoint alone. In addition to positively affecting anxiety and depression, transcranial photobiomodulation, which is simply red light therapy through the skull, has been reported to improve memory, attention, functional activities, and sleep regulation in those dealing with major depressive disorder. And as we know, and I'll just repeat this quickly, and this is information from the previous ebook, that those dealing with anxiety, stress, and depression, their frontal lobe has decreased circulation. So it has decreased oxygen, decreased nutrients getting in, and less of the toxins or garbage is able to get out. And so we know that red light therapy, red and near-infrared light, is a vasodilator. So simply by irradiating the brain with near-infrared light, we can cause some vasodilation, we can improve circulation, thus oxygen's getting in, nutrients are getting in, garbage is getting out, and as I just spoke about, we see some pretty amazing results simply with the power of red light therapy. Looking at the new research I've added relative to this topic, let's look at the first piece of research, which is research from BioLite that we did last summer with BioStrap, where we did full body red light therapy to see what it, its effects were on sleep. And while we saw positive results with sleep, we saw even better results with stress. The results are the BioLite red light therapy reduces physiological stress as indicated by significant changes in HRV metrics, which may suggest long-term effects. Longitudinal metrics, including deep sleep duration and resting heart rate, seem to be affected by consistent BioLite therapy. So again, with that uh, study specifically, we did full body red light therapy once in the morning, once in the evening, five minutes to the front of the body, five minutes to the back of the body with red and near infrared light, and it led to an instantaneous increase in HRV by 122%. And an increase in HRV means you're tapping into your parasympathetic nervous system, which will inhibit your sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight. So after a 10-minute session, every time, it helped you tap into your parasympathetic nervous system and decrease your stress significantly. So it was really cool to have those results from the study because I haven't seen another piece of research that has specifically looked at red light therapy's impact on HRV. So to see the full body treatments can lead to 122% increase in HRV, pretty darn cool. The second piece of research, our findings support our hypothesis that photobiomodulation could be an effective method to alleviate depression and anxiety during the early stage of Alzheimer's disease development. The mechanism underlying these beneficial effects may be due to the improvement of mitochondrial function and integrity and the inhibition of neuroinflammation and oxidative stress. And I should mention that this piece of research was published in 2021, as was this next piece of research. 
that goes on to say that in the present study, we found that decreased cytochrome C oxidase activity in Alzheimer's disease can be significantly restored by photobiomodulation treatment. This was further supported by increased ATP production in the photobiomodulation group. These results suggest that the beneficial effect of photobiomodulation is, at least in part, due to accelerated CCO activity or cytochrome C oxidase activity. And again, we're bringing up Alzheimer's disease because depression precedes Alzheimer's disease. So if you can positively affect anxiety and depression, you can certainly mitigate or reverse some Alzheimer's disease symptoms, as it turns out, according to the research. This next piece of research, this one's from 2020. It's short and sweet. It goes on to say, it was concluded that the results of the study suggest that auriculotherapy using near-infrared light was effective in the treatment of anxiety. I actually have a protocol that I added specifically utilizing this auriculotherapy to help reduce anxiety. And the last piece of research here, again from 2020, they go on to say that Transcranial photobiomodulation with a wavelength of 945 nanometers, which is near infrared light, so 945 nanometers irradiation with LEDs in the frontal region, so the forehead, more specifically in the frontal sinus region, which is more so towards the nose, provided improvement in the brain activity of photobiostimulated individuals reducing the number of individuals who had sufficient score for anxiety and reducing values of depression or for depression. So to kind of recap that, they use near-infrared light in the frontal sinus region, so around the nose or just above the nose, and they were able to reduce scores for anxiety and reduce values of depression. That's a little different because it's not necessarily stimulating the frontal lobe of the brain or if at all, it's the very bottom region but you are picking up some tissue and organ that does affect anxiety and depression, clearly. So that's another way to target anxiety and depression. You have the frontal lobe of the brain, you have this frontal sinus region, and in the ebook I provide a picture so you know exactly where that is. And then as we'll learn here further down in the ebook, we can affect mental status or mood via the gut because of the gut-brain axis. But let's move on to the next topic which is athletic or exercise performance. Before it was just athletic performance, but some people don't want to be athletes. They just want to exercise. So I want to include everyone. And thus I've titled it athletic and exercise performance. There isn't new relevant information that I needed to add, but there was a couple of new pieces of research that I ended up adding. This first one is from 2022. It goes on to say that based on our findings, the use of photobiomodulation therapy in muscle recovery after high intensity exercise appears to be beneficial, provides a clinically important effect, and seems to be the best option when compared to cryotherapy. So this is interesting because if you scroll down a little bit, there's actually research from 2010, it looks like, that looked at red light therapy compared to ice baths or cold water immersion, and it showed similar effects where red and near-infrared light improved muscle recovery better than ice baths. So I don't know exactly what they used for cryotherapy, but once again, a decade later, plus they're showing that red light therapy is superior for muscle recovery after high intensity exercise compared to cryotherapy. So go figure. In this next piece of research, this one is from 2021. They go on to say that these findings indicate that resistance training, 
alone can be clinically important for counteracting the deleterious effects of aging on muscle size, strength, and balance. And that by applying laser photobiomodulation therapy before resistance training sessions, it may further improve gains in muscle hypertrophy. So a couple of points here. You did hear me say applying laser photobiomodulation. But if you do recall, and I've mentioned this on multiple podcasts, Dr. Michael Hamblin from Harvard, considered one of the top photobiomodulation experts in the world, he's gone on record because he's, of course, synthesized and looked at and taken part in nearly all of the red light therapy information out there. So his synopsis of the research, because you have some articles that, of course, use laser, you have some articles that use LEDs, just like in, in the panels on the market today. And what he has said is that based on the results of all of these studies, the results are extremely comparable when you look at lasers versus LEDs. Thus, it makes sense for the common person like you and me to use a device with LEDs because A, they're cheaper, B, they're safer, and C, if they're going to lead to similar results as lasers, then why bother? And I guess I'll even throw in D, lasers cover a very small surface areas, whereas LEDs with these panels, you can cover a large portion or your entire body at once versus a very small concentrated area. So again, this research is just showing that resistance training is is good at counteracting the effects of aging and that by applying red light therapy before these resistance training, again, preconditioning the body, you can actually improve the gains in muscle hypertrophy. So pretty cool. And then lastly here, This one is from 2020. This piece of research says, the results suggest that treatment with LED therapy of 630 nanometers, which is red light, and LEDT, which is LED therapy, of 940 nanometers, which is near infrared, before eccentric exercise attenuates exercise-induced muscle damage without impairing repeated bout effect. So again, this research used red and near-infrared light. And for those that aren't familiar with eccentric exercise, that's like a negative. For bench press, for example, or maybe we should just do a bicep curl. That's basic bicep curl. You curl that weight up and you shorten your biceps. That's concentric. A negative would be that weight is up in that shortened position. And then you slowly lower it down as your biceps muscle lengthens. So it's basically the opposite motion that you would normally associate exercise with. So the concentric is bringing that weight up. The eccentric is controlling it down versus allowing gravity to bring it down. Let's take a bench press, for example. So you lift the bench press off the rack and you're in that position. You allow the barbell to come down. And when you push it up, your pectorals and your triceps are shortening. But when you bring it down, instead of allowing gravity just to bring it down to your chest, you control it down nice and slowly, nice and slowly, and thus your chest or your pec muscles and your triceps are lengthening. That's the eccentric portion. In order to strengthen muscles or tendons fastest, you would do specifically eccentric exercises because it takes the most amount of strength or the most amount of torque required to control is through eccentric. So even when you're doing, let's say, an Achilles tendon repair or an Achilles strain recovery, you would do eccentric exercises for your calf because that's going to put the most force through that tendon to recover quicker. With all of that being said, eccentric exercises are going to make you the most sore 
that's really what this piece of research is looking at is that they were doing eccentric exercises but they were preconditioning those muscles with red and near infrared light and they found that if they precondition the muscles before the eccentric exercises it attenuates or lessens the exercise induced muscle damage or doms delayed onset muscle soreness without impairing repeated bout effect so all in all, pretty cool research. It's shown that you can get stronger faster by doing the eccentric exercises, but without the negative consequence of the increased soreness that you would get with the eccentric exercises. So I hope that wasn't too much to listen to. It's, it's almost easier to demonstrate visually, but I hope that made some sense. In the end, once again, red light therapy to the rescue for a couple of benefits there. And then moving on to another section here, bone and joint health. This one was able to retain its name. And I think we'll end today's episode on bone and joint health. And then we'll continue on in the next solo sodes with the rest of these sections here. But let's end with bone and joint health today. As we look at bone and joint health, for bones, red and near infrared light is able to facilitate improved healing and bone formation by amplifying energy production of bone cells, increasing bone growth factors, increasing blood flow to the healing area and reducing inflammation without disrupting the healing process and also promoting augmented collagen production and deposition. On top of that, in vitro studies on osteoblastic cells, the bone cells that are promoting growth, in vitro studies on osteoblastic cells have shown that red light therapy is able to increase the formation of bone nodules, osteocalcin, and osteopontin gene expression, and alkaline phosphate activity. This appears to exert a biostimulatory effect on bone tissue by enhancing osteoblastic proliferation. And that's another point to bring up is as we get older and our bones become less strong or more brittle, however you want to phrase it, it's this concept that we have a reduction in osteoblastic production and proliferation and an increase in osteoclastic and it's the osteoclastic or osteoclasts that help break down the bone because our bone is constantly going under remodeling and growth and repair. So there's always been this balance of osteoblasts, meaning building up the bone, osteoclasts breaking down the bone or moving the older bone to replace it with newer tissue. But as we get older, again, our osteoblastic or osteoblast production decreases. Thus, the bones aren't getting remodeled as much and actually there's increased osteoclast relative to osteoblast, meaning there's more breakdown than building up or growth. And that's why as we get older, our bones tend to get weaker or more brittle. Of course, one way to counter that, as you guys heard a couple of weeks ago from David Horneck, is through a supplement called Sisis. Again, I haven't really dove into that supplement or how it's properly taken or utilized or anything, but based on David Horneck's anecdotes between himself and, and other people he's recommended it to, it seems to have a very potent benefit to one's bone mineral density. Not only does it mitigate loss in bone mineral density, but it seems to actually add it on at an older age, people in their fifth, sixth, and seventh decades, which of course is where broken bones become a bigger problem. In fact, when those in their sixth decade and beyond break their hip, it significantly increases their risk of death because it decreases your mobility, it's easier to put on weight, it's easier to come down with these metabolic diseases and otherwise. So 
that's kind of a fear as you get older, not only brain health, but is bone health. So cystis is a potential avenue. Again, I have to do more research myself to see what that's really all about. But then also, of course, is strength training because Wolf's Law says that the bones adapt to any stresses put upon them or lack of stress. Meaning if you stress your bones, you're doing some weightlifting, you're doing a lot of body weight stuff, your bones are going to adapt to the stress and remain strong. Whereas if you're sedentary and your bones are not being stressed, then they're going to break down more than they're building up or growing. And thus, that's where you see osteoporosis and osteomalacia and, and weak and brittle bones as you get older. So potentially coupling some cystis with some consistent full body workouts or just even other type of weight training that you can tolerate. And then you add on red light therapy, which can improve osteoblastic proliferation and thus you're going to be building more bone more often. Uh, you could keep your bones pretty strong that way. Just some food for thought. And then when we look at joints, of course, we're considering osteoarthritis and other joint injuries. Near infrared light specifically has sufficient penetration depth to reach the deep inflamed joints, which guarantees the efficacy of phototherapies in desirable therapeutic outcomes. That's just the additional information I have on that section. So let's move on to the couple pieces of research on bone and joint health. This first one is from 2022, and it goes on to say that within the limitations of this systematic review, bone healing in dentistry was improved with the use of photobiomodulation. Photobiomodulation therapy can promote anti-inflammatory and analgesic effects, improve healing, as well as enhance quality of life related to oral health. So pretty darn cool. So, I mean, we already knew this because we've delved into oral health and the impact there, but this is talking about bone healing in the mouth specifically. So again, things we already knew, it reduces inflammation, it improves pain symptoms, it improves healing. And of course, all that's going to lead to an enhanced quality of life. So again, red and near infrared light to the rescue. This last piece of research here from 2020 goes on to say that the results of the literature searched showed that near-infrared light-associated or assisted phototherapy exhibited great potential for the precise and controlled treatment of bone-related diseases and bone tissue regeneration. And again, it has to be near-infrared because red light, again, only treats the skin, nothing deeper, so you must use near-infrared. Even in the mouth, as thin as the tissue may be to get to the bone, red light's still not going to penetrate deep enough. So you must integrate near infrared. And that's why with the Guardian, it was surprisingly groundbreaking that it's uh, the first device to integrate not just red light, but red and near infrared light. Uh, There's a lot of devices on the market before the Guardian that utilized red light, but not near infrared. So the Guardian was the first of its kind to integrate both because of course, I want people to not only have enhanced gum health or enhanced oral microbiome. But for instances like this, where you need to get deeper and you want to treat whether it's deeper wounds or cavitations or the bone itself, you must have near infrared for that kind of treatment. And so with the Guardian, you're getting the best of both worlds on a consistent basis. And even the Guardian Plus, which integrates blue light, but that also has red and near infrared light. So that's kind of it for bone and joint health. A lot of the other information is obviously still there from the third edition, plenty there. So there was only a couple of additions to be made. And also what I'll do, I just realized that I should do is 
I'll tell you as we're going through the sections, the new protocols I've added, just so as a listener, you can kind of have an idea of, again, the new protocols I've added. So maybe it'll, it'll pique your interest, whether you have the ebook or not. For example, I'll go back to the first section here, anxiety, stress, and depression. I've added a new protocol for anxiety, specifically to target the ear oracle or auricular therapy, like was mentioned in that piece of research. There's a a treatment protocol specifically for that, along with the picture to demonstrate where those auricular therapy points are. And then another protocol I've added was for anxiety and depression, where you target the frontal sinus region. And again, I've provided a picture so you know exactly where that frontal sinus region is. Again, it's just above the nose and near the eyebrows, but in between your eyes. And again, there's, there's a picture there so you can see. And then I've added the stress protocol that we utilized for the BioLite study with BioStrap, which I explained to you, but there it is just in case you want to see it, that full body treatment paradigm. For athletic performance, there weren't any new protocols to be added. So you still have just general athletic performance, running, both submaximal and maximal efforts, and then competitive cycling. So you got three options there. And then for bone and joint health, I've added a protocol for fractures. So that's a new one. We also have one just for general health, just for, you know, general bone health sake. And then I've also added one for osteoarthritis because that's a very common one people were requesting. So luckily there was enough research to develop a protocol specifically for OA. And then lastly, I added a protocol for tendinopathies because again, trying to treat the joint specifically for OA is going to be a little different than treating it for tendinopathies. So I added one for tendinopathies and that would work for, let's say, you know, you strained your Achilles tendon or you have patellar tendinopathy or you have a tendinopathy of a a rotator cuff tendon in your shoulder. So it, it works for all of those different instances where you may have a tendon injury or post-tendon surgery, that would be the protocol you want to use there. And so for today, guys, that's going to wrap it up. We will continue on the next solo sode with brain and cognitive health and then move forward with the other sections. This section is a huge one, brain and cognitive health, because once again, it used to be brain and nerve health, but there's just been a massive influx of research on optimizing brain health, whether it's for cognitive purposes or autism, concussions and TBIs and Parkinson's and the like. So we'll pick up there next time, but I hope you guys are enjoying diving into the fourth edition of the ebook. And again, by the time this podcast is being aired, that bad boy is probably released, if not going to be released in the next day or two. So go check that bad boy out. But again, I appreciate every single one of you for listening to this podcast, for your support. I'm excited for to see where we are, 50,000 downloads from now. I I can only imagine where the photobiomodulation research will be, the new types of ways we'll be able to utilize it, improve our health, wellness, and longevity. So again, thank you for for supporting this podcast. If you would take a quick 15 to 30 seconds and just leave a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify, you don't necessarily have to leave a written review, although I'd appreciate that. But please go ahead and support this podcast by leaving a quick five-star review. That way, this podcast can get placed and exposed to more and more people so they can learn about the many benefits of red light therapy like you have been learning. But you guys go ahead and enjoy the rest of your day. Go enjoy that summertime sunshine. And I'll see you guys on the next episode or solo sode. As always, light up your health. 
Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.